So Jesus Christ, the only Son of the Father, stands supreme as the Savior of the world, and He's Lord over what is unseen and what is seen and what is eternal and what is temporary. I have 1 Corinthians 8, 5-6. through 6. Look at this now. This is, this is how we can look at the world because right now we're in a place that uh, is not postmodern anymore. It's literally pre-Christian. We've shifted away in the culture and there's so many gods and lords other than Jesus. So this is how Paul framed it up. And I thought this would be excellent just to declare this. 1 Corinthians 8, 6, uh, 5 and 6, For although there may be so-called gods in heaven and on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords. Everybody say this with me. Yet for us, ready? Yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. I put it on the next slide. One God, our Father, from, from all things and for whom all things, and Jesus through whom. This is really definitive. Because every, this, it's from the Father through Jesus. For the Father through Jesus. We exist in Christ. Jesus is our, we abide in him, and then we're knitted together in this love with the Father. Jesus' whole purpose was, I want you to, be, to know this love that I have with the Father. And you're going to abide in me the way I abide in him. And we'll be one together. And this is where the satisfaction of your heart comes from. How many of you, when you wander off, uh, your heart begins to shrivel up? You begin to lose that sense of dynamic. So I want us to declare this today. This is a little prayer I just put up here. Would you just fill up your lungs and pray this? Ready? Father God, in Jesus' name, I ask that the eyes of my understanding be enlightened today that I may know the hope to which you have called me and that I may perceive the riches of your inheritance in my life. I want to live in the immeasurable greatness of your power for I believe in you. Now, I want to say that unfortunately many people, they, they like if you've ever gone to these uh, success seminars or anything like that. What it is is they've taken the principles of Jesus and they leave Jesus out. In other words, Jesus taught a pathway in life that works. And so they reject the person. And we found that that doesn't work so well. Jesus actually pointed this out. He says, John 5, 39 through 40, he said, you search, he's talking to the Pharisees, he says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is uh, they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Now, Jesus put it this way in John 14, 6. Uh, he says, um, Jesus said to them, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, look at this. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. You see, to touch Jesus and his love for you, is touch, to touch the Father in His love for you. He's an expression of the Father. From now on, you do not know Him, and you do know Him and have seen Him. And there's a conversation. Philip says, well, what, you know, basically Jesus is saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. 
So here's what I want to look at here today. Next slide. When we examine our relationship with Jesus, I believe that we come out on the side of what he has done for us. How many of us, when we think about the Lord, we actually think of the things he's done, right? And what he's done for us defines who he is to us. That's really true, isn't it? So if he's your savior, or if he's freed you from something, he's your deliverer, if he's healed you, he's your healer. There's something, there's things that, if he's prospered you in some way, he's the God who has prospered you. He's opened doors for you, he's closed doors, he's kept you safe. He's done things in your life. Now we know this, his person, by the power that he has displayed in our lives. He displays his power by washing away our sins. That's one of the ways he expresses his power. He washes away their sins. He takes the weight of our guilt off of us. And our sins are, are you know, that, that, we, that the guilt has, the sins brought on us. But reconciling us to the Father, we're brought into the presence of his perfect love. That he, and then we're profoundly transformed. So we understand his character also by the display of the capacities. The person, the revealing of his person through the encounter with his power. I'm just kind of using these words that kind of, begin with the same letters. His character, the display of his capacities. If you've been freed from the Lord in your heart and mind from any grip, which I have, of demonic stronghold like fear, rejection, pride, critical spirit, etc., you've experienced his supernatural capacity as Lord over the unseen realm. How many of you really appreciate that about the Lord being able to free you from things? And we're very sensitive to that around here. So we know that he's benevolent, and we have received his benefits. So uh, our lives are first touched deeply by what he does for us. Then we experience his powerful capacity to benefit us. And we are told to camp there and to know him by what he's done for us. So let's start there. Psalm 103, 2 through 7. Would you declare this with me? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Let's just stop for a moment there. So what we're being told is do not forget how God has benefited us. It's amazing to me that when you quit thinking of the, how God has benefited you, you start looking to other things. We'll get to, there's another couple of angles on this. Let's go ahead to the next part. Who forgives all your iniquity? Who heals all your diseases? who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. The next slide. Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are pressed. So he's saying, these are the benefits. These are the benefits. These are the benefits. Now look at the next verse. He made known, he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. There's a little bit difference. Let me get my other Bible out there. There's a difference that of knowing, uh, receiving from the Lord, and then also uh, knowing his heart and motivation. We've been invited to know him. Next slide. We also have been invited to know him for who he is beyond what he's done for us. And by this, I, I mean to not only receive what he's done, but to live from who he is. This is where I'm kind of discerning today. This is kind of like a burden in my spirit. 
Next slide. God is love. And beyond what love has done for you, His love is the feast of your soul just to know Him. His love is the feast of your soul. I read a study not too long ago. It was really interesting. They did a study on people who marry for love versus people who marry for money. <laughs> and I was looking at the article of it. I bet you I know how this is going to turn out. <laughs> how many of you know how this is going to turn out? <laughs> well, here's the deal. What it revealed is what you would think. There was no affection in the heart because you married for money, then there's no bond between the couple and there's no meaning in the relationship. It's just you marrying for the stuff. And those who marry for money are lonely and they're looking for the fulfillment of love. And those who marry for love support each other in the meeting of their needs. Hallelujah. Love is really the better way. So what we see, God himself desires to be loved for who he is, not just what he does for us. Let that sink in a little bit. Okay, and I want to tell you the summary. We're not putting it up there because it's a big, long passage. But I want to just tell you the summary of Deuteronomy 8, 10 through 18. This is what God's word declares. Don't forget me after I have prospered you. And fall prey to pride, thinking that you prospered yourself without me. That's a big, the whole passage is about that. Don't fall prey to thinking you did it after I blessed you and you get wrapped up in the stuff more than me. You know, we see this over and over. If you want to really get deep into it, Hosea is the book. Because Hosea... It's all about the nation of Israel forgetting the Lord. And I, I've, this has been on my heart. And it's like, how do I talk about this? Uh, by the way, there was a, an atheist who lived next door to this poor widow. And this poor widow had great faith in the Lord. Some of you know this story. You've heard it. And uh, to meet her needs, you know. And, and she was running low on groceries. And she stood on the front porch. And she just prayed to the Lord, asking him to bring provision well, the atheist went out and bought her some food and put it on her porch. And he was waiting, you know. And she starts praising the Lord for the food. And he runs up and he says, I bought that food for you. God had nothing to do with it. And the lady said, the Lord used you to provide. <laughs> so Jesus introduces himself also as the one. See, he starts this way. The point is the Lord starts with taking your weariness. He starts with the benefits of who, what he can do for you. That's his starting place. He starts there, and then he begins to desire a partnership that he can bring you into a place of rest. It's a place he longs for you to be. Uh, let me tell you what. Uh, let me just go ahead and let me just... Um, Pause here, because we're going to talk about Jesus' approach to all this. The burden, or the assignment, or the sense from the Lord. Let me go ahead and say it this way. The presence of the Lord is your and my treasure of who He is. 
And there is going to be daily a battle against you to pull you away from the very thing, the only thing that satisfies you. And hell wants to establish distractions. Put things in your life that you turn to them. Unresolved things where you just go, I'm going to go this way. And you know, look, you, am I the only one that knows that if you sow to the flesh, it, pretty soon it's just really bad news on your life? Am I the only one? How many of you, you, you figure, then you go, okay, I really want to go over here, but the, you got the flesh, you got the world, you got the devil. And this yakking going on. And so the big, the big challenge is to live a life where there's this connection where you're enjoying the depth of His love for you and His presence. It's really the only thing that you're designed for that will satisfy your soul. Nothing else actually will. So Jesus approaches it this way in Matthew eleven, twenty-eight through 30. He says, come to me. Now notice he says, come to me first. Come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This labor is to grow weary. This word, this Greek word, is to be tired, is to be exhausted with toil or burdens or grief. This word is, means to feel fatigue. Come to me, you who feel fatigued. Come to me if you're tired, if you're exhausted, if you're weary. Come to me. And heavy laden. Heavy laden is to place a burden upon. That's the word. To load up, to overburden, specifically with spiritual anxiety. So now the idea is you're loaded up with burdens. And he says, you come, come to me. And then he says, you're going to come upon something. You're going to find something in me. You're going to find rest. You're going to hit upon or meet with this rest. And this word rest is to cause or permit one to cease from any movement or labor in order to recover and collect his strength and to refresh and take ease. So this first thing is, you come to me. And this is the, this is the power of who Jesus is. See? Because in the world, you're going to be laboriously under it. You're going to be heavy laden. Especially today, when the demonic is on the loose like never before. Where doors have been opened. And where pressures can come very quickly. He says, I want you to come to me. And when you come to me, I'm going to alleviate that pressure. I'm going to lift the burden. That's why it's so important for us to come to him. To come to him. Let's praise him. Because he's your solution, he's my solution. 
He's the one that sows these deep love moments in the heart and change your life forever. He takes the burden of life away. Thank you, Jesus. With me, I've become more fine-tuned. Oh, a long time ago, long time ago, I remember Joyce Meyer, somebody saying, <laughs> of this, think about what you think about. Have you ever heard that? Think about, so there's a guard, there's a, there's a thing where you can be aware of what's entering your mind. Is what's entering your mind making it hard to live? A distraction. Is it heavy? Is it burdensome? Is it coming upon you? Then you come to Jesus. And that's why, for me, in the morning when I get up, I uh, go get a, it's just me and Jesus and coffee. And I have learned through that little book, School of the Presence, that we read last summer, I've learned to come to the Lord in a state of deprivation. I acknowledge that I don't have anything to bring. Takes the, you know, you and I are wired for something to happen. And that just wears you out. That wears you out. At least it does me. But when you come and you acknowledge, I don't have it, you have it. I'm going to concentrate on you and adore you because you got it. And there, when, when I was, uh, there's times I talked to Robin about this stuff. Sometimes I have a struggle um, picking the worship songs because I just, I don't know, just go through stuff. And I was uh, exhausted. I was tuckered out. How many of you have been down to Prickett's Fort and uh, you go past Prickett's Fort and there's that little, I didn't know this, but the other day I found it. There's a little place where you can put the boats in and stuff. And um, I was sitting there and um, there's all these ducks floating in the water. And uh, there, and I'm just tired. I'm just looking at the ducks. And this, this car pulls up. And this guy, there's a guy and another guy with a, with a loaf of Italian bread. And then there's a lady with the, her camera in the back and the guy gets out, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> I got it on my camera, but anyway, they, he holds up the bread, and all those ducks, they come out of the water. They're coming up. And he's, he starts throwing it, and uh, they're just all, I'm thinking, this is going to be fun with the grandkids. This is going to be so much fun. I'm going to come down here and do this. And I'm sitting there laughing, looking at the creation, needing rest restoration in my spirit. And I said to the Lord, I need a big declaration song. I need something that just reaches in and grabs me. And the Holy Spirit said, joyful, joyful. So I got my phone out, went to YouTube, and I went, joyful, joyful. I just sat there and cried, letting the power of those words come into my spirit. Just say, Lord, thank you. And then I had already picked the other songs about turn it all over and make room and I found that new little Yeshua thing and I was right. how many of you feel like this is a morning where the Lord is saying I want to deal with something in a loving manner I want to I want to call you to a new place not a new place call you to a place of walking with me where assurance fills your heart, where rest, the rest I intend for you is yours, and you put a, new, a, a, a renewed priority on my presence in your life. That's what we're talking about. Now watch this. 
29, take my yoke upon you. Do you know the word yoke here simply means coupling? Coupling. So now he's saying, you've been heavy laden, you've been all this stuff, but now we're going we're gonna to team up together. And this, so now you're going to walk with me and we're going to put a yoke on you and this, we're going to walk together. And he says, now, instead of come to me, he says this. Everybody say it. Learn. Learn from me. See, the children of Israel knew the acts of God, but Moses knew the ways. Knew the ways of God. So now God says, I want you to learn from me so you can learn my ways. You not can only experience what I have for you when you come to me which is the lifting, you find rest by lifting your burdens. Let's don't just always do that. Where you go out and get in trouble and come back. And go out and get in trouble and come back. And go out and get in trouble and come back. Why don't we stop for a minute and learn of me? Let's learn of him. Then he says, it's not like you think. It's gentleness. And lowly in heart stuff. And then he says, and you will find rest. And the first one, finding rest, I'll bring rest, is the verb. This one's a noun. This learn means to increase one's knowledge, to be increased in knowledge, to hear, to be informed, to learn by use and practice. Humble and mild, not rising. Lowly means not rising far from the ground, lowly in spirit. And the heart is the center and seat of your spiritual life. But this word rest means this. This is a blessing. Blessed with tranquility of soul. Can you imagine your life when you learn of Jesus and you learn who He is and you are blessed with tranquility of soul? Somebody, come on, let's just... See, because you could be looking all over the place and never finding it, but you come to him, and he's got something for you. It's a cessation of this motion and busyness and labor. And he says, my yoke, my coupling, is a nice fit for you. It's fit for use. It's useful. It's virtuous. It's good. It's manageable. And my burden, the load that I have, is light. It's light in weight. It's quick. It's agile. Now, here's what happens, has happened to me since I began learning and growing with the Lord. Number one, well, I don't need to enumerate them, but here's, here's the thing. How many of you can agree He has changed your life? How many of you know he, he loves you? How many of you know He loves you like nobody's business? How many of you know that He's forgiven you and He's empowered you to do some forgiving? How many of you have been freed from the captivity to demonic strongholds? Is anybody in the room that knows about that? How many of you feel like you've been empowered to live for the Lord by His grace manifesting in your life? <laughs> well, there's millions of stories. I've got to keep on it. Um, because how many of you, like me, He's healed the brokenness of your soul, your broken heart? He's close, heals the depths of this brokenness. So sin becomes a burden. Unforgiveness and losses become a burden. Demonic strongholds are a burden. But Jesus has taken the burdens. He's lifted the burdens. So he forgives us, sets us free. So let's go ahead and put up a little prayer here. Let's say it. Ready? 
Thank you, Lord, for all you have done for me. Now I want to know your heart like never before. I want to learn of you and live in your life-giving presence. Open my heart to know you more than I do now. Take me deeper, I pray. Reveal yourself to me as I seek you and meditate on your word. Let's go ahead and praise the Lord here for a second. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, now I'm going to um, put on my, my glasses that are super powered. <laughs> and uh, go ahead and put up this uh, first picture slide. This is going to go quick, guys. I'm not trying to lie here. <laughs> but I put pictures up. What is this? What is that a picture of? What's he doing? He's feeding the feed, right? So now, this is, we'll get to another slide in a minute, but uh, let me go ahead and read this and then I'll tell you the next one, okay? So the next, now, this is after this, but don't move the slide. The next morning, the crowd's still on the, um, they're still on the opposite shore of the lake near the, the place where they'd eaten the bread that had been multiplied after giving thanks to God. Yet Jesus was nowhere to be found. They realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus hadn't boarded. So they concluded that his disciples had left him behind. So the people saw the shoreline, a number of small boats from Tiberias, and realized Jesus and his disciples weren't there. So they got into the boats and went to Capernaum to search for him. And when they finally found him, they said, Teacher, how did you get here? And Jesus replied, Let me make this very clear. You came looking for me because I fed you by a miracle, not because you believe in me. Why would you strive for food that is perishable and not be passionate to seek the food of eternal life, which never spoils? I, the Son of Man, am ready to give you what matters most. For God the Father has destined me for this purpose. So they replied, well, so what should we do if we want to do God's work? And Jesus answered, the work you can do for God starts with believing in the one he has sent. Then they replied, show us a miracle so we can see it. Hey, they just had a miracle, didn't they? And we'll believe. Moses took care of the ancestors who were fed by the miracle of manna every day in the desert. Just like the scripture says, he fed them with bread from heaven. What sign will you perform for us? The truth is, Jesus said, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven. It is my Father who offers bread that comes as a dramatic sign from heaven. The bread of God is the one who came out of heaven to give his life to feed the world. So basically he's saying, this manna was not from Moses. There's a new manna in town. <laughs> I just made that up. That was pretty funny. That's not written anywhere. That was just Holy Ghost spontaneous humor right there. <laughs> 
This bread of God is the one who came out of heaven to give us life to feed the world. Then, please, sir, give us bread every day. See, what they're wanting is, I want a free, I want you to, let's do what they did a long time ago. You feed us every day. Now, does this strike of anything we've been talking about? We want the benefits of God without God. We want what He can do for us without knowing Him. Feed our bellies. I am the bread of life. Go ahead, the next, I think this is the next slide. Yeah, I'm the here. I don't know who he is, but he's cool. I am the bread of life. Come every day to me. And you'll never be hungry. I feel like the Holy Spirit's just here. This is one of those messages that is like this. There's an adjustment being made. Come every day to me. I'm the bread of life. Come every day to me. How many of you need to hear this? Because I'm going to tell you, the devil's going to come every day. Your flesh is going to rise up every day. The world's got something new to just distress you out every day. That's why it's so important to say, come to Jesus every day. Let's go ahead and say, I'm going to come to Jesus every day. This is what we're all about. Hallelujah. This is not the time to not sharpen up our hearts in his presence on a daily basis. Let's go ahead and just affirm that. I feel there's such an anointing here, weighty sense of the Lord's presence telling us this is his voice. You hear his voice in the midst of this. He is pressing into us saying, this is so important for us right now. Come every day to me and you'll never be hungry. Believe in me, you'll never be thirsty. Yet I've told you that even though you've seen me, you still don't believe me. And he goes on through here and... Um, I'm not going to read all that. I'm going to jump over here to the... Because basically, they start leaving in droves. Let's go to the next slide. Now, this picture, I finally found one. See all the people over there? The people got offended. Because Jesus started saying, okay, let me get it real clear to you. You must... Now, look, he's already talking about spiritual stuff here. It's impossible for him to be talking cannibalistically. Because his body, if it was physical, it would only last so long. There's only so many meals you can get out of that. <laughs> Mathematically, that don't work. It's spiritual life. And Jesus is talking about spiritual life. And he's talking about, he says, eat of my body, drink of my blood, my life. Blood represents the life. Drink of me. And everybody gets mad because they didn't get their free meal. They didn't get what they wanted. That sounds so much like our culture. The moment I don't get what I want, I'm going to throw a fizzy, tizzy fit and leave. And Jesus is saying, he turns to his disciples. This is so powerful to me. This hit me so big when I was young, just way back. I must have been 17, 18, 19 years old, and I heard this passage and just deeply went into me. Because he turns to Peter Gosh, he says, are you, guys, are you going to leave too? Are you offended? Are you offended? Are you going to leave too? How many of you remember what Peter said? 
to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. This is who we worship. We worship the God who has eternal life in his mouth and in his words and in his deeds. And when we hear them and speak them, we walk in the fullness of his love and his presence and his life. And things change and people need him now more than ever. And so we're going to not just come to him when we're burdened, we're going to live in him and begin to experience the tranquility of soul. Let's just lift our heads and say, Lord, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's my desire. Hallelujah. We have one last prayer to put up here. Let's say that together. Lord, it is my desire to feed upon you the bread of life every day of my life. Only you can satisfy my heart. Nothing else will do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and stand together. Stand together. Hallelujah. We're going to... Let's stand together and uh, just... You know, earlier in the service, I felt the Holy... I saw a picture of the Holy Spirit or of the hand of the Lord and he was saying that he was pointing at something in somebody's heart he said that I want that well now's the time to give him that we're going to open up the altar here it's kind of a funny way to say it this already it's nothing to open up it's just here we're going to have the altar available for each of us to come before the Lord and say, I'm going to establish, I would recommend that you would do business with the Lord concerning what He's pointing at. Now here's the deal. You already know He loves you. You already know He has the best for you. You already know from your past experience that you're the one that gets in the way. You already know from your past experiences that when you get out of the way, things go better. You already know that. How about get out of the way of the next layer of things he wants to do in your life? How about set down your self-will, saying in resistance, and anything that would be in the way? Listen, sometimes you don't want to surrender because of an old wound, a rub, Somebody did you wrong. You don't know if you can trust. Well, I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ is very trustworthy. And the moment you take the step and establish that, that place inside, man, I tell you, when I get in these moments, it's like these thoughts begin to form in my spirit. Because there's somebody who's already said, I've already tried that before. And the Lord's saying, no, you, you came with an expectation that you were going to do something, but now you're going to come and you're going to learn of me. And you're going to let go of your religious idea of what it means to come to me. You're going to let go of that. And you're going to come to know that he cherishes you and you're going to grow in that. Somebody has a... So 
we're going to dismiss. Let me pray one more kind of a delivering kind of a thing. Let's lift your heads before the Lord. Father God, we thank you that Jesus Christ is, John the Baptist declared, has a sword. And he puts the sword to the root. Puts the axe to the root. And there are things that have been rooted of disappointment that it might work for these bad judgments. It might work for somebody else, but not me. And that's a lie because you're not impartial. You died for each of us. You're generous to each of us. And in the name of Jesus, I come against the generational resistance in anybody's background here where people were religious and non uh, where it was a show in the name of Jesus I, re, I break I break I come against that and break where we're making a decision in the spirit was a show I come against that I ask, Father, for a softening in the soul where your tender cords of love begin to draw each heart here into a deep and loving intimacy that is life-giving and blessed. Go ahead and rededicate your heart to the Lord right now. Just go ahead and tell Him, I've come today to be all yours. I've come today to surrender who I am to you. I've come today and I want to learn of you, grow in you. There are, let me, I'm going to go and prophesy this. There are turmoils that will cease today. There are turmoils that because of this unsurrendered place, they keep manifesting. Lord says, come it to bring it to me today, and those turmoils will cease. Let's praise the Lord again. Thank you, Jesus. Now, some of you to follow through it would be simply like this. I come to you, Lord, and I bow before you. And I surrender my life. There may be a handful of you, the moment your knees hit that car, that kneeling place, a burden will roll off of you. Let's just come forward and do business with the Lord. And, uh, if not, go ahead and uh, leave quietly, okay? Praise you, Jesus. Thank 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 you, Jesus.